you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you. Buck, how you doing, man? Man, I'm good. I am good. It was a uh, crazy football weekend. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on the podcast yesterday, but man, you just never know. We talk about any given Sunday. <laughs> I mean, anytime you put two teams uh, in a game, you just don't know. That's the nature of the National Football League. They're good players on both teams. And if you don't bring your A game, you certainly can suffer a loss, and it doesn't matter who you are. All right. I, I want to get to a lot of topics today. We're going to talk about Russell Wilson coming back. We've got a uh, discussion on what the Denver Broncos did against the Dallas Cowboys, and can other teams duplicate that? We're going to hit that. Um, the topic of, of size at the running back position, it's an interesting discussion. We'll get there uh, as well. But I think we got to start with what we saw last night, and that was uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. A little bit of a controversial game, um, holding on and uh, coming back, I should say, and, and beating the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields took another step forward, uh, I thought, in that ball game. But let's start first of all. We'll get to Fields in a second. The taunting stuff, man. Where, where are you at on that? Um, look, man, it, it doesn't bother me. I just think it's weird that the league kind of did a 180 shift like last year, it was about the fun league. Let's have fun. Let's do all this stuff. And then this year, it was um, kind of reel it back in. But, DJ, we're eight, nine weeks into the season. 
the rules are what the rules are. And they've been called like this from the beginning. It is responsibility of the coaches to let the players know how it's going to be officiated, know what the points of emphasis are. And then it's on the players to be able to like do it. Now I'm going to say this about the Cassius Mars celebration, whether or not he was taunting the Pittsburgh Steelers, his I was former pissed. team. It was like a two minute celebration. He did a spinning cutter, karate <laughs> kick. He saw, I was okay with the karate kick. Teammates. He saw his teammates. Then he stood in front of his teammates. And then he skipped over to the hash and looked at the Steelers team. And so at some point, I'm like, even if he was on my – I'm like, Cash, you got to get to the sideline so we can get the punt return team on. Like, yeah. it's not this party and celebration. So while it's ticky-tack, in my estimation, like the call, I do understand – like why it was called, because it was a lot. He did spend a lot of time putting attention on himself. And so I get it. I dig it. But at that moment, DJ, at that stage of the game, you always have to err on the side of caution. Like you had a good play. You're good. The team is solid. Man, just don't do anything. Don't do anything to give them a reason to throw a flag. It's kind of complex for me um, because I think as much as you're taught as officials that time of the game – you know, mm-hmm. which game it is that that shouldn't matter. The penalty is the penalty. Common sense. I, li- I like it. Common sense. We're at this point in the game. Let's let's go. I, I run over to him and get in his ear and be like, get the get the crap back to the sideline. You let's dummy. go. Get to the sideline. Let's go. Let's Just go. Just yell let's at go. him. Let's yell go. at him. Break it up. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Enough. Knock it off. All yes. that other stuff. Like that's that, that's that, how you do it. If get, that's get in the going. first quarter, that's in the yeah. first quarter, throw the flag. I don't – yeah, I get it. He he was – it was dumb on his part to do that. I mean, walk stinking halfway across the field to go jaw at their sideline. So was it taunting? Yeah, I think it, it was taunting what he did. I just – I like the common sense approach of, man, I can't let this decide the football game. Like, I just – I got to swallow my whistle. The other, the other side of it, though, I said it's kind of layered and complicated. I think with both of us, you're coaching high school football – I've had my sons mm-hmm. uh, coming through. My son just just graduated, so we see firsthand. And I know people that are listening that have kids or you know just played high school football. Everything that happens on Sundays is emulated at the high school level. And from a like a ambassador type thing, if you think of the NFL as kind of yeah. the steward of this great game, it whatever you allow at that level is finding its way down to the high school level. And I, I see it a bunch. I, I've seen it a bunch in mm-hmm. high school the last few years with, with some of the taunting. It's out of control, man. Like, dude, have have some respect for your opponent. Have some respect for the game. But that's what they've seen, and so they're emulating it. They're emulating And so, like, the old man coach will, will get on here, and I'll say, like, here's the <laughs> thing that bothered me about it, like, from a coaching thing. Like, because you've seen it, like, on Thursday, the, the coach hat comes on, and I'm like, what are we yeah. doing? Yeah. So – the thing that bothered me about it, and I will say this is an evolution because those who have known me from when I was playing in high school and college or whatever, I wasn't always this way. Like I was very selfish when it came to those things and celebrations. However, in that moment, the part I don't mind the, the karate kick and then he's with his teammates. Yeah. But he goes from his teammates and kind of breaks away from the group yep. to be like, look at me. After he does his kick and then he celebrates with the team, he then continues on. And so when you're a coach and you're always talking about the team, the team, the team, look, man, we want to have a gang of fun. Uh, one of the things that I love that the league does is when the defensive guys go and get an interception or a fumble and they all run to the run end to the together. Picture. Yeah, That's cool. But you notice it's always a unit in a team. That's all. Just do it with your team. Like mm-hmm. pro sports are different in high school and college and youth sports and all that other stuff. But still, the, the novelty of it being a team 
you still want to kind of keep that intact. Man, celebrate with your teammates. Yeah, you and know? I think I think that's the difference too, because I can already hear some people saying that uh, that I speak out of both sides of my mouth because. I'm a Padre fan. I love Fernando Tatis and the bat flips and the celebrations. Baseball is a one-on-one sport. There might be nine guys out there. It is one pitcher. It is one hitter, mano a mano, and they're infusing some of that energy into a sport that's kind of been falling off and losing losing energy, losing young people. So having having some fun and a little energy, and some people say, well, that's taunting. I don't necessarily see. I think that's apples and oranges. I think it's a totally different. See, deal. see, but I run and flip the bat. Like I yeah. talk to my son all the time. Like, man, I just wish I could just knock one out and just <laughs> like throw it or whatever. But a lot of times, DJ, when you watch those celebrations in baseball, mm-hmm. they're not directed to the other guy. Yeah. The guys always look to the dugout. Oh, like yeah, to their own guys. Ener- right. It's energizing their own dugout. Like when Correa hits his wrist and he's talking about it's time, or yeah. when you see, was it? Batista years ago in oh, the championship. Oh, that was a giant bat flip, man. Right. But a lot of times it's directed towards your team. They're not looking at the picture and all that. It's very rare that is I'm showing up the picture. It is more so it's like the internal joke amongst the squad, yeah. whatever it is. Like, I mean, so for me, I think that is still more of a team deal than, oh, look at me, look how cool I am or whatever. Like, that's why I didn't mind when the White Sox had the – home run chain and all that that stuff is that stuff is fun team stuff yeah. amongst the team i think it's different if it's really directed at another player and that kind of stuff and so i just would wish that cash is hey man just do it with your team do it with your team mm-hmm. then go get off the field by the way uh last baseball story then we'll move on <laughs> you remember when barry bonds would be playing he was the i think barry bonds mm-hmm. was the first one to do this mm-hmm. when he was in left field and his pitcher would give up a bomb, and he wouldn't move. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. He would sit there, and the ball would get hit, and he wouldn't even he wouldn't turn his head. Like he would just he would just sit there in left field, bam, and, and it wouldn't even move. So true story, true story, Buck. I, this is to show you how kids emulate what they see at the pro level. So I'm in Pony League baseball. So this is like thir- this is junior high, right? 13, 14. Yeah. And we got this. We got this guy on our team. He's playing left field. Our pitcher gives up what he thinks a home run. So our left fielder, he's going to be Barry Bonds. He's going to stand there. First of all, it's a jerk move to your own pitcher, right? You're like, geez, you hit it so hard, I'm not even going to move. So he stands there, doesn't even look, and all of a sudden you hear the tink, tink. Like, yeah, it's off the fence, you dummy. So he's got to turn around and sprint. Sprint to go hit the ball. Guys running around the bases. Oh, my gosh. So you know, how mad, you know how mad that little pitcher uh, was, that little 13, 14-year-old pitcher? Like, really? Really, dude? Right. So here, here's the thing with me and the taunting stuff because it is the evolution of, of Bucky Brooks. Because I would tell you, DJ, I was the absolute worst. I was the worst <laughs> in high school. I was the worst in Little League and all those other things. Like, I did it all the wrong way. I've since learned that that's not the way that you should play the game. But my favorite player coming up was Ricky Henderson. Oh, so yeah. that. So, so that tells you everything that you need to know. <laughs> Did you pop the jersey? Did you pop the jersey? That's everything. I was the guy who had four batting gloves, two on and two in my pockets. Like yeah. I am, I am sliding and popping up. I am uh, snaking the baseball in center field, like snatching it out of the air at the last minute. I am hot dog city. Like that is <laughs> what I believe in. Like that is what I've always loved. I've always loved that part of it or whatever. And so when you talk about, Barry Bonds, part of, man, I love Barry Bonds when he was with the Pirates. I love when he would just hit the home run and then the slow trot, um, all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. so to me, 
I get it. But I also would just say to the younger Bucky, like, hey, just find a way to make your way to the team. Just, yeah. just to the team. Just work with the team. Like, it's fun. It's all of those <laughs> stuff. But just... God, I wish I could be young team. Bucky. I wish I knew. Oh, he's Bucky. such a bad, such a such a clown. <laughs> like just such a DJ. Like you have no idea. Like just stuff written on my towel in football. Uh, just oh, I, I love it. Walking into the end zone when you weigh your way, like walk the last five steps into the zone just because <laughs> put the ball down right past the end line. Um hit three pointers in basketball and blow kisses to the like oh, just all it. the stuff that I'm here I would have I would have loved oh, all, no. at that all time. the stuff all the stuff that you that I'm like man get get back get back I said last one and we're going to get to all this football stuff and this is I'm having too much fun here um you've got to ask next time you see Clat next time you see Joel you've got to ask him about all of his Ricky Henderson stories cuz he's got a ton of Ricky Henderson stories cuz he oh, he actually was in the Padres organization when Ricky was there so he spent some time with them but the one the one that I that he, this is not when he was there but uh I think Clad had told this one I think it's actually made the rounds or whatever about the all have you heard the John Allerud one No so Ricky never knew anybody's name right he didn't he you know obviously talked in the third person and didn't know any he didn't ever didn't just didn't care right He's my favorite. He's so, my so favorite he was playing player. i don't even remember where he was it was a different he might have been i don't know would ricky ever play for the blue jays maybe at the end or something i feel like he played everywhere he played for just about everywhere anyways he's late in his career and uh Olerud, i think he had the double flap helmet right yeah he had and, and in the field he played with the, the hard head too yeah 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 so he had that so uh he said it's that like batting practice or one day or whatever and um uh, uh Ricky Ricky signs there or Orlerud had just come there. Any one of them had just gotten there. And uh so they're taking batting practice and, and whatever. And and Ricky comes over to him. And he's like, uh, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, good. He's like, Yeah, I played, I played uh uh he's all that's a like the weird hat hat thing you got there. He said, uh, I played with a guy that had that that hat like that. He's like, Yeah, Ricky, I played with you for two years. That was me. <laughs> Remember me? We played together for two oh. years. Oh, that is, that is, <laughs> I mean, that is, that is my guy, DJ. Like, I can't tell you between, first it was Reggie Jackson because when Reggie Jackson was playing with the Yankees late, I had to be like eight, nine, 10 years old. So he's hitting bombs and he's sticking his hip out. Yeah. <laughs> All of that stuff I, I love. But then Ricky Henderson, because stealing bases was always like my favorite thing to watch. It was always the thing that I wanted to do and whatever. And so, you can tell me anything about Ricky Henderson Today, popping I'm out the there. greatest of all time. Okay, last, last, last <laughs> yes. one. Last, last, yes. last, last one. I'm, uh, Clat, I'm stealing Clat's thunder on this, by the way. But he, the other one was Clat was uh, uh, Ricky was on like a rehab assignment and uh, and uh, might have been spring training or minor league camp or whatever. So he was Clat played with him for a couple of days and Clat was hitting behind him in the in the in the order, and he said. Ricky would, you know, clap me on the deck circle. Ricky be leading off the inning. So Ricky would walk by him, you know, kind of click his feet on the ground like he always did. And he just walked by Clat and go two. The next time he, he Clat was getting ready to come up, he walked by him and go three. And then the next time he'd be like one. And so finally Clat's like, I have no, what is this guy talking about? He's like, so I go to the skipper and I'm like, Ricky walks by me and he's giving me numbers every time. He goes, yeah, that's how many pitches he expects you to take so he can steal second base. <laughs>
He's yes. one of a kind, man. He's one yes. of a kind. I love all it, right. man. I love, I love, I love, I love how people come to the pod for football. Looking for all football, we hit him with all that. <laughs> so funny. Uh, all right, we'll switch. Justin Fields played baseball once upon a time. There's your transition. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Of, what do you think of Fields? DJ, I think we've said this, and we said this a, a ton of times. There was never any question about Justin Fields' talent. Like there was never any question about his talent when we were looking at him throughout the process and all that stuff. He had a level talent. I think what we got a chance to see is if he is able to kind of put it together, A-level talent with the right scheme and him paying close attention to the mechanics and fundamentals, he has the potential to be a guy who can be a high-level player in this league. Like the talent is there, the poise is there, the confidence that he plays with. I love the fact that when you look at him and you watch him in the game, he's always very, very even killed. Mm -hmm. And I think for a young player – who kind of plays the game like he plays. I'm really surprised at how even killed he is when it comes to an emotional standpoint. He makes big runs. He makes big throws. He just kind of keeps it together. I think what we got a chance to see is, man, the Bears have a guy that they certainly can build around. I hate the scheme that he's playing in. I still don't love how they're utilizing him. But, man, there is a lot of stuff that you can work with. And he definitely isn't afraid of the moment because the way he played against the Steelers, the top defense, the what they were throwing at him. I think if anything, if I'm up top in ownership with the Bears, I feel good that, all right, we might have found that guy. Now we need to make sure that we nurture him the right way. I want to read the last line of my report. Um, and this is what gets me excited about Justin from what we've seen the last two games. So this is the last thing I said. Overall, I think, I think Fields has a chance to be special but it's going to take some time for him to speed up his clock in the passing game. And I think we've seen it the last two games. He's starting to play with more urgency. There's starting to be a little bit more pace to what he's doing in the passing game. That's, that's his, that's his deal. Once he gets that figured out the rest of it, he's got man. Oh, uh, he, ha- he has all of it, DJ. He, he has the ability <clears throat> to make plays um, on schedule in the pocket. He certainly is athletic enough to make things happen outside of the park, whether as a runner on scrambles and extending time and making plays down the field, throwing. Um, I think the big game moxie and confidence, I don't think that can be underscored. The fact that he played on a big stage at Ohio State, played in big games, and we saw him play well in some of those big games, particularly in the playoffs, I think he has it. Now it's about the Bears, really, when I say nurtured the right way, like really coaching it the right way and putting those things. Uh, The only thing – Look, I think they could utilize his movement skills more. I'm not saying utilize him as a runner, but change the launch point of the pocket. Yeah. If you could put some sprint outs, if you can put some half rolls, just some other stuff so he's not just always, hey, he's always going to be at this spot on the grassy knoll. You can go get him. Just move it around. I think there are different ways to utilize his athleticism to make it work. But, no, I mean, I think he's, he's everything that you want in terms of the position, size, athleticism. Big playability. He has all this stuff. The one play call, because I know they've gotten a lot of grief for, you know, kind of the lack of things you just mentioned and and not making it as quarterback friendly as it could be. There's one play call in that game that I absolutely loved. I think it was it was towards the end of the game. And I think it was a short yardage. It was second short or third and short. I think maybe maybe been third and short um, when they took hit the slot fade to uh, uh, Allen Robinson. So big so to, time, to big me, time throw. I love. It was a big time throw. But what I love about it is. You take a quarterback and you put him in an obvious run situation 
And it, that dictates the coverage, which you you know when he came up to the line of scrimmage, he knows he's got that. There is no, there is nothing for me to do except hit my back foot and give this thing some air and let Allen Robinson go get it. But that's an aggressive mindset of saying, okay, we're going to dictate in this down and distance. We know what they're going to do. Now you know what you're going to do. So there's no post snap. There's no post snap decision to be made here. Like there, that this is where the ball is going. Now just make the throw. Yeah, no, and I, I think that I think that was a big time play because it did go against all the norms, all the yeah. tendencies. Because I the think zone is, read, you know, yeah, he go, hey, look, here we go, athletic quarterback. What we're gonna do is we stick to the belly. He's gonna keep it. A quarterback sneak it, whatever it is. And then they rear back. You like, oh, they're taking a shot, yeah. <laughs> you know. And they took a few different shots in that game. One where he missed, he missed Mooney, or did he miss Godwin down the sideline? It was he, he launched a moon ball, and it was just maybe a handful of yards short, but then he comes back and he hits that, drops that dime into Allen Robinson. And you're like, man, they just, I mean, for the first time they can really utilize all areas of the field. They can stretch it vertically, horizontally. He can stretch it as a runner, as a thrower. There's a lot to like about what he brings to the table. Literally, it's just about what can the Bears do to bring all of that out? Because now my challenge, if I'm ownership, hey, coach, how are we going to take this to the next level? Yeah. How are we going to take him from uh, good to great in the next few years? What do you have in the bag to allow him to become a guy that realizes all of his potential in the league? Yeah, no, I'm in, I'm excited to see where this goes with Justin Herbert. But definitely he's heading in the right direction and uh, excited for him and for Bears fans who've been uh, waiting for a guy like this. So it's fun to see him improving, taking those next steps, and we'll see where he goes from there. All right, I want to get to this next topic on the Dallas Cowboys offense and defending them. We're going to do that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. All right, Buck, uh, I'll give you the floor here. Vic Fangio and the job he did against the Dallas Cowboys, what you saw, what you've read, what you've heard, and and if it can be duplicated. Hey, DJ, you know how this league is. This league is a copycat league. I mean, I feel like every league is that. Once teams see that you lose, they go right to the tape and they try and figure out, well, what did they do to slow this down? Cowboys had number one offense in football, having a lot of success. They're putting 40 points up on everybody. What did the Broncos do to slow it down? So I decided, let's take a look at the tape. And DJ, I was actually surprised at what I saw. It wasn't anything that was complex. I can't even say that it was very creative. The Denver Broncos used a four-man rush. They used uh, man coverage with a tactic that we call man match, which means that you're matched up man-to-man, but on crosser, crossing routes, you pass those things off to other defenders and you free up. And what it does is it gives you the best of both worlds as a defensive call because, hey, I got tight coverage on everything vertical down the field, outbreaking. But on those trouble routes that most teams have in man-to-man, I'm switching them off so my guys don't get picked. Mm -hmm. So now if we do it right, we eliminate the scary part of being in man-to-man. And they did it, man, and they did it flawlessly. And what I saw was the team that we talked about being perfectly constructed to make a playoff run, because one of the reasons teams laud we observers lauded the Denver Broncos is because they had pass rushers and they had corners. Now, none of the pass rushers that we thought were going to be there are playing Bradley mm-hmm. Chubb and Von Miller, but their commitment to getting cornerbacks and a ton of them, Pastor Tan and all those other guys, they now can lock up and play man-to-man with the best. And Justin Simmons played a role. And because you can play man-to-man, DJ, it opens up a new can of worms 
when mm-hmm. you start playing because you have plus one in the running game because in man-to-man you gain an additional defender when you play man. Yep. And then in the passing game, depending on how you play, you take away all the gimmies and the layups. And when you begin to take away the layups and make people earn their yards, particularly at a time when so many teams are playing soft coverage, changes the clock. And that's what they were able to do. They took away the layups that Dak Prescott and the Cowboys had normally had. They took away the pick plays and they made him have to force tight window throws and they couldn't get it done. Yeah. It's interesting because like, I think the Chargers did things a little differently against that Cowboys group. The Cowboys ran it really well uh, against the Chargers, but the Chargers held them to 20 points. Um, so one, I think is one of the better defensive performances in terms of points against the Cowboys. Obviously, uh, Brandon Staley comes from that Vic Fangio tree. So I'm always, I, I'm always fascinated by that. I don't think people, you know, average fan maybe realizes how much some of these people talk around the league too. Mm-hmm. Now Vic, Vic and Brandon probably aren't talking about that because they're in the same division, but you have other coaches I wonder, that I wonder that though, will do like, that a good you, I wonder, I wonder if they talk like a little bit or. If Vic is able to look at the tape, he knows as, they're speaking. Yeah, he can yeah, see as, as, yeah, as, how as his Ob- stuff would work. Yeah, as Obi-Wan Kenobi, he's yeah. looking at me like, ah, Skywalker, like if you yeah, just yeah. had done X, yeah. Y, and Z, you had him, you were close, but let me show you how this is done. And if he took parts of the Chargers game plan and say, okay, hey, if they just had done this as opposed to that, maybe this would have been a more effective answer to some of the stuff that the Cowboys did. But yeah, but now, DJ, it's funny because I told you that last week I was looking at a thing on Justin Herbert and how teams appear to slow them down, right? Because mm-hmm. the last two games that we had seen the Chargers prior to Philly, yeah. we saw the Patriots and the Ravens have a little bit of success just kind of slowing yeah. down the offense. Get them out of rhythm. And it was a lot of the same stuff. Hey, we're going to play coverage over pressure. We're going to play some man-to-man. We'll mix in some zone, but we'll do some different things to kind of take away some of those windows. And just like we saw early in the year with everyone playing too shell and too high and those things, I do wonder if down the stretch we're going to see more of these teams playing man-to-man with some some mm-hmm. matchup principles to make life difficult on quarterbacks because you take away the layoffs, but you also take away some of the things, the concepts that teams typically go to to get away from man coverage. The thing that I would say, the kind of the difference, um, so you look at the Chargers the last three games. You talked about the two that they struggled in. Herbert has one of the best games of his career against the Philadelphia Eagles. Both, in all three of those games, I should say, a lot of four-man rush, you know, and Patriots even some some three-man rush. The difference, I would say, is they were, you know, they were matching their coverages with their fronts more in those mm-hmm. other two games. I think in that Eagles game, you're rushing four, but you're giving you're you're creating some layups that are out there. Easy. So the ball yeah. is out. The ball is out quick. Um, and the Chargers did a good job of combination of ball out quick, mix in some screens, um, move the pocket. Uh, so all those different things. So that though th- that rush didn't get there. I think he got hit one time in that game. You go back and watch those other games, they were getting home with those limited rushers because they had matched the coverage. So there's no easy throws. There's nothing worse than is a pass rusher, and you're going, there's no way I can get home. He's He's got a hitch just waiting for him anytime he wants it. Um, and that's what that's what the Chargers took advantage of this last week. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think I think this big time because I think you have to be able to do those things. Um, when I think about the Eagles, and you know it, we, we, we've talked about some of the struggles that they've had on defense is because it's not a very aggressive style. And I think I saw um, – God, somebody tweeted out. Maybe Mike Lombardi tweeted out. Like oh, in the, the last, top quarterbacks they play, there's very few incompletions. 
It's like 20, 28 incompletions that they played against like Pat Mahomes and Herbert. Derek Carr and was like 31 Derek, of 34. Yeah, like they're, they're just gifting these these guys opportunities to go up and down the field. And you just can't do that. Like it's too hard in this league um, mm-hmm. to let guys hit layup after layup after layup after layup and then say, oh, we're just going to shut them down in the red zone. Well, it's almost like a, you remember when we used to play NBA Jam? Yeah, NBA Jam. If you hit three shots, you get on fire. Yeah. And so then you—that's what they're doing. It's NBA yeah. Jam. They're just—they're just, they're just stroking it from, it. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. launching it. And so it's one of those things with these high quarterbacks. And so they have to figure out a way to change it. But I do think it's a good observation. Obviously, you're there every week to see the charges. But I will say, I can even come away more impressed with Justin Herbert because that's kind of like the first. I would say a little bit of adversity that we've seen from him. Yeah, in terms first time he's had two bad games in a row. Yeah, like, hey, okay, the fastball, they're taking away the fastball. Do I have any other things in the repertoire? And then you saw him be like, okay, I'll figure this out. Yeah. And so to me, that's when you begin to separate those great quarterbacks from the others. Because the, the great ones have multiple ways of being able to dissect you. Oh, I can play dink and dunk. Oh, you want me to push you down the field? I'll play that game. Oh, you want me to yeah. use my legs and athletic? They just have more tools in the toolbox. And I think Justin Herbert shows you all of those tools in the toolbox that makes him very, very effective as a high-end quarterback. No doubt. Um, all right, quickly before we get to uh, this running back thing I want to hit on, uh, your expectations with uh, with Russ coming back. Russell Wilson's going to be back. By the way, by the way, I did, I, I did laugh a little bit at this because you know how every other team – there would be reports say Russell Wilson back at practice. He's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna play this week. No 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 no. We're gonna do a press release with quotes from the doctor who's amazed at this recovery. He's never seen a more dedicated athlete. And I'm just like just stop. Like man, he's, just stop. Okay, like like here's enough. The thing. Like here's the thing. And I really like Russell. Right. I do I too. Do. I do too. I really just a little. I really bit like. Much. And I've always liked him, even though he went to the rival school um, in red. I've always liked him. And then he goes to Wisconsin and he has success. Like I've always liked Russell. I've always loved his thing. And I like the fact that he really bought into Pete's thing, but he has become, uh, <laughs> I think as the young people say, he's a little extra. Yeah. Right? A little bit. He's, he's, he's a little extra. Even the video proclaiming his return to health, right? Where they oh, have I didn't him even see this. Oh my gosh. DJ, you have to look it up. I haven't Twitter. seen he's, this yet. They have a video of him working out. They have a video of him in the doctor's office looking at the x-rays, and they have all this stuff. And <laughs> and then it kind of finishes off like in Lambeau Field, like video of Lambeau Field. And I'm like, the production crew has to follow you all around and document all of this stuff so everyone knows that you're coming back. And I get it, right? And I know we're in this new era because Tom Brady did, what, Tom versus Time and I. Like I get it. It's still different though. It's still it's still a lot. And so he let us know that he's coming back. And so I'm excited that Russell's coming back for the Seahawks. The Seahawks certainly need him. Uh, I'm sure they're gonna let him cook when he comes back right away. And then we'll see. I I just hate. Well, maybe we will get a chance to see him and Aaron Rodgers to be such a great show. Like two team players doing their deal. You know. So maybe we need. Maybe we're doing it wrong. Maybe we need to embrace this. Like I, so last Monday, a week ago, I called in sick for the first time yeah. since, since we've been, since I've been working at the network. Yeah. First time. First time. Yeah. So 
foolishly, been, I didn't release any statements. I just, should, I didn't come bad, in. But, but you know what, you know what you should have done when you're sitting there and you, you didn't feel great and you're laying in the bed and you got the covers all the way up oh, to your neck and you're sweating for, yes, you should have had it documented. Ooh. Yeah. So, so, hey, here's my press release. Um, uh, we talked to, or this would be from the doctor, uh, Daniel Jeremiah's stomach after having some bad Mexican food mm. was in terrible shape. Um, but I have never seen a stomach recover as fast oh, yeah. as his did oh. to be able to be on the podcast the following day. Oh, so tough. And after green. having been up most of the night. Yeah. With the awful, resilience. Awful, awful symptoms. He had the resilience. But the effort yeah. in hydration mm-hmm. and recovery. To uh, get and him then back on the podcast, but see, was you have something to have, I've never seen in my have, medical history. Right, you have to have the video then accompanying, showing you at the refrigerator, like downing Pedialyte and all kinds of stuff, like getting back. You waking up early the next day, like hitting the Peloton, like yeah. just letting oh, yeah. them know, like the re- road to recovery, all of that yeah. stuff. Timestamp: five forty-six a.m. Jeremiah's up. Ba- bathroom after. door opens. Yeah, bathroom get, door closes. Just, hey, just getting up, just getting after it. Like all, all of this because uh, I guess that's what we do now. We make we make sure that we can see we can see everybody. Extra is the word. Living it out. A little extra. Yeah. Uh, well, I all mean, right. it's a lot. All right, let's get we're gonna get to this running back chat right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Okay, Buck, so I was talking with a, uh, a defensive coach, and uh, he brought up an interesting point. He was just talking about, as a defense, the difference between dealing with a smaller back versus a bigger back. And his point was, um, you know, look, when you get into the fourth quarter of a game and your defense, after you've been tackling a 230-pound back over and over again, like get to the point where that's there's wear. That's different than tackling these 200-pound backs all day long. And even if you were throwing the ball a bunch at the you know for the first three quarters of the game, as you know the the way mm-hmm. that the league is right now, right? You throw to get the lead, you run to finish it. That's kind of the way it is. So having to tackle those guys in the fourth quarter, there's just a different toll on a defense um, when you're thinking about big backs versus small backs. So I, I want to hit you with this and get your thoughts because – we had Nabil look this up. Of all the teams that are leading their division, this is their running back room, okay? And we'll look at the size of them. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. So uh, Buffalo, Zach Moss, 5'9", 205, Singletary, 5'7", 203. So they don't really have that, that guy. Um, Ravens, Latavius Murray, 6'3", 230. They've got Freeman at 206. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, his weight's all over the place. I think he says he's like 210 now. He's been like 245. He's been 205. Yeah. I don't know. Um, obviously, <laughs> he's, like no, Luther, he's like Luther Vandross. Big yeah, Luther, he's Luther. Going, never going know. up. Oh, man. RIP. I love Luther. Um, all right. The Titans, obviously, Derrick Henry's gone. So you got Adrian Peterson is 6'1, 220. Um, the Chargers don't have a big back. They've got Austin Eckler, 5'10, 200. Justin Jackson, 6'2, 200. The Cowboys, Zeke, is 228 pounds. Uh, Pollard's 209. Uh, the Packers, we get to the uh, to that division. A.J. Dillon at six foot 247, complimenting Aaron Jones, who's 5'9", 208. So you could definitely – A.J. Dillon can be your four-minute hammer. The Bucks, Fournette, six foot 228. That's a big back. Um, Ronald Jones is 208. And the Cardinals, James Connors, have an unbelievable year. It's a great uh, – comp there great it's a great fit i should say with the cardinals mm-hmm. and their spread offense so he's 6'1 233 chase edmonds 5'9 210 so there are a couple teams 
Notably, I would say the Chargers and the Bills, who don't have that that bigger back. It's it's interesting when you when you look at it. DJ is really interesting, and um, the reason it's so interesting is because one of the things that we can debate, and people will debate, like analysts will talk about running and all those other things, but it doesn't um, take into consideration like the real life impact that tackling runners has on the defense. And so when the defense coach talks about big backs and the importance or the impression on doing it, it, it really matters. Um, and talking to Matt Rule, I, I was at a thing Matt Rule was talking about um, building a perfect team. And he said, look, when he builds his team, he wants to think about the defense having to tackle running backs, running between the tackles, mm-hmm. running downhill between the tackles, having to put your pads on them and deal with them. There is a wearing effect that that is on the defense, which is very similar to being in a boxing ring, just dealing with body blows. It is the cumulative effect of just, man, got to tackle this big guy again? Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, y'all got to slow this dude down. Because, DJ, um, yesterday when we did the podcast and we were doing the show and you broke down Nick Chubb and we talked about the goal of the offensive coordinator is to be able to create a run where you get the running back on the safety in space. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we think about, oh, well, yeah, because he can make him miss. No. So he can you run him over early. Dude. Yeah. So he can run him over early and set the table for the rest of the stuff. Because it is hard for smaller defensive backs to be able to deal with big backs over and over again. And quick story I told you, like going back to my playing days, we used to play the Tennessee Titans slash Houston Oilers, whichever one you call them. Eddie George was back there. Mm-hmm. And what the Titans would do is they would crack the wide receivers, I mean, they would come down and block the safeties and they would it's leave on the, the corners corner. yeah. unblocked and they're running the stretch play. And so in the first quarter, you're like courageous and you throw your body in there. Eddie George is 235, 245 pounds. Second quarter, you're not as courageous, but you kind of roll up in there. A third and fourth quarter, he's got a head of steam up. And also, you know, big backs, they get juiced up the more carries they get. So yeah. now he's fully lathered up. <laughs> in the fourth quarter and you're like hey i gotta how many times are you gonna do it and you see it because dj you see those big games nick chubb those guys do not want to tackle and so yes it does matter having those big backs we've seen aj Dillon have success james Conner leads the league in touchdowns some mm-hmm. of that is on runs but a lot of times it's screens in space those little guys having to take great angles and make great one-on-one tackles it makes a difference and as it gets colder um, you're the Green Bay Packers, and one of the reasons why I like when they got A.J. Dillon. When it's negative and it's really cold. That's a lot to deal with. And you're sitting there trying to figure out, why am I on this field today? And then you got this dude just coming downhill like a – you don't want to have to deal with it. So, yes, I do believe in every running back stable, you should have a big back that you force people to have to tackle over and over and over again. I think about a couple other young backs. Javante Williams listed at 212. I think he cut to two, to get to 212 to run at his pro mm-hmm. day. He ended up running mm-hmm. 455. I think he plays north of 220, I would guess. Um, he's a physical he's a, back. He's, he's a, a tackle he's a, breaker. Yeah, yeah, and then you yeah. think about Jonathan Taylor with the Indianapolis Colts, that speed power combination. And so, we're, you know, to me, it's, it's fascinating. When you talk to offensive line coaches around the league, they'll talk about um, using formation and personnel to dictate you know, who they want on the, on the field on the other side. Mm-hmm. And when you have the luxury of a big fast back, 
Mm-hmm. Now it's like you can't be right. You know, we want to put we want to put 13 personnel out there and bring your bigs on the field. Now you don't have anybody can run with this dude. You know, there's not enough yeah. guys that can run with him. If he hits a crease, he's gone. Um, and then it's like, okay, well, now we want to spread you out. You want to pull your little guys on the field. We'll have fun tackling this big joker. You know, like that, that's a chess piece now. That is a chess piece. And that's why like Najee Harris and Jonathan Taylor and those guys are value because if you can't put them on the field where they are credible threats in the passing game, where they can stay on the field in the spread formation and you got sub packages, nickel, dime, quarter, all those mm-hmm. little DBs on the field and you're making them make one-on-one tackles in space and yeah. you're, you, you're, you're testing the courage, you're testing um, their willingness to, hey, are they going to make business decisions or are they going to keep playing football? That's what you want to do. And that's how you dictate the terms. And ultimately, this game is a violent game and it's mm-hmm. a physical game. And the team that typically wins is a team that out hits the other team. I think there are a lot of teams that are realizing the value in having that sledgehammer at running back that can do more than just a four minute. Like, no, he can play, he can catch the ball out the back, or he can do a bunch of different things. Yeah, it, this always, uh, these conversations lead me to, to do some homework. So I'm going to go dig in the next gen stats before the next episode because I'm curious to see. Who's who's doing the most uh, six offensive linemen sets in the league? I see it a lot with the Chargers. They've been doing a lot with Senio Calamante every week. Um, and then who's in 13 personnel the most? I'm guessing it's the Browns because they are in 13 a lot. Um, but that is, again, you're dragging bigs onto the field when you do that. And I think from the Chargers standpoint, it makes sense. You drag the big guys out there because Austin Eckler is, you know, I, I think I'd rather have the big guys out there than the little guys because he's just he's going to be a problem. Yeah, he is going to be a problem. And the, the thing that you want to be able to do is you want to put the bigs out there and you want to hammer folks. You want to wear yeah. them down. You want to control the tempo. And one of the reasons why the Patriots are beginning to do this, but the Browns, the Colts, uh, the Ravens, the Titans, the reason why they're teams that you don't want to face is because of that element that we talked about. If they get the lead, if they happen to jump out in front by two touchdowns, mm-hmm. good luck because it's a steady diet of run right, run left, run right, run left. And with the Browns having two guys that are big, yeah. I think Kareem Hunt is, is kind of Once hefty. he comes back, man, he's a top six running back in the league. Yes. He's their second running back. I mean, and he wisely, that's why, that's why, wisely, that's why I stand by my pick. I, although yeah, they I, wisely, they did, I guess they all have COVID now, so they're yeah. going to miss some of those runners this week. But uh, oh, how about them locking up your guy, Wyatt Teller? How about that? I don't, I, is, there, is there a coincidence there? We do the Wyatt Teller XO. Within 24 hours, he got paid. There you go. Yeah, he got paid. They locked, uh, they locked him up. And I think what you're now seeing, DJ, though, is how they're building. Because they had somebody else that was going to be a free agent that they have to – don't they have another lineman or somebody else? I knew T- Teller was one. Antonio up? I don't know. I thought they were – I don't know. It, it's somebody it's else, but I know they yeah. had to do that. But I think what you're seeing, they understand exactly who they are. And they understand yeah. what they have to have around the quarterback. And they actually, in my estimation, they have time before they have to pay Baker Mayfield. They don't have to mm. pay him right now. But I can, I give, you, can I give you one – Can I give you one – can I give you a little food for thought on your Baker thing? Because I and I think we've been, pretty much been on the same page. Like we'll pay him a fair number, but you don't want to go crazy. So and we can talk about it's not really a quarterback centric team. And maybe that's a little bit of the difference here. But remember the Kirk Cousins conversation when mm-hmm. he left Washington? You can't pay him that. I mean, you just got to let him walk. How how's Washington look at that position since he left? I know. And even though he might They're be in the man. wilderness. They're yeah. in the wilderness. And Kirk Cousins is a top you know, eight to fourteen, depending on the which, which one shows up every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. whichever one shows up. But you're right because okay, well, in saying that, they need to pay him sooner rather than later. See, they need to pay him now before the costs continue to escalate. 
just go ahead and bite the bullet and pay him what you have to pay him and let everyone have outrage. Like, how could they? But if you're Baker, do you follow the Kirk Cousins blueprint and say, no, nah, I'm not taking that. I'll just you franchise me for a couple of years and then I'll, then I'm going to force my way to the market if that's the case. Because we've seen it. If you're a B-level quarterback mm-hmm. and you can get to the open market, you are going to get big time paid. Does he want to play that, though? Does he want to have like the contentious nature of those things? Or would I don't know. You I'm, rather... just saying, I'm just saying from, yeah. a, from a negotiating standpoint. He's got some leverage, you know. We can say it's not he a quarterback-driven team and all this, and that, and the other. But then you does. can also look at their history, and then you can look at. I think if I'm Who you if, play I'm, with? if I'm Baker's people, I think I'd be I'd be holding up a mirror and saying, "Remember what it was like here." And then look at Washington. Look at Washington. They may have to pay him. They have to pay him. They may have to put him in the forty million dollar club and pay him more <laughs> no, than they want like, to. Like the more Just, you look at, but this. even but even in that DJ, because when the TV deals kick in, when also because. To yeah, that point, we'll use the Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo thing yeah. as a point. $27, $28 million was like, oh, my bucket. God. I can't. And then yeah. now, now that's like <laughs> yeah. mid-level Backup salaries money. for quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, kind of. So, yeah, it's, one of those, it's an interesting thing. But the best thing Baker has going for him, if they keep chalking up wins – and he's taking snaps. He gets the credit for the wins. And I know people talk about quarterback wins aren't a stat, but they have to count for something. Yeah. And so you keep winning games, you get very comfortable with the guy who is taking the snap. Because you were there in Baltimore, not necessarily there when they did it, but they tried that upgrade route when they had Trent Dilfer and they went for Elvis Gerback. Didn't work out. And took them a long time yeah. to get back to that level. So it is what yeah. it is. It's very, it's very interesting. Yeah, that happened right before I, right before I got there. But that was that. They were in the wilderness until Steve McNair came. You know, yeah, we were in the wilderness. I always, I always tell that to people when they and they talk about, oh, why would you take a quarterback over this guy? This guy's a better player. He's got a better grade. And I go, well, I'll tell you why. Because I was on a team for four, with a team for four years that had a Hall of Fame left tackle, a Hall of Fame linebacker, a Hall of Fame safety a Pro Bowl tight end, an all-pro running back, um, a a, uh, a potential uh, Hall of Fame edge rusher in Suggs, a pretend, perennial Pro Bowl defensive tackle in Nada. You had Chris McAllister, perennial uh, Pro Bowl corner. And you, the only ring I have on my finger is my wedding ring. So <laughs> that's that's why the quarterback matters. It, it, it does matter. There is some value to having the quarterback. And even if there are some deficiencies, you can work around – the bulk of those efficiency if you have enough money to be able to get the other stuff. So you have to know exactly where you are and exactly who you are. And I think it's being honest in the assessment. Hey, he's not a top five. He is this, but we can maybe make him top five-ish if we surround him with the other stuff. And so it's just understanding what they need. Yeah, it's just fascinating because you're going to have some people say, oh, this is Jared Goff all over again. You're going to pay him and regret it. And other people are going to say, well, where is this Kirk Cousins? And you're going to let him walk and be ruined the day that you did that. So it's to me, the Baker Mayfield contract is one of the more fascinating things I've seen since we've been doing this. It's, I mean, it's, it's going to be bananas. It's going to be bananas to, to see what it looks like. And if I'm Baker, he has to come behind Lamar Jackson because you want Lamar Jackson to get paid first before you go to the table. Yeah, shoot that number up. Deal. Yeah, because because Lamar is going to shoot it up sky yeah. like yeah. then he's throwing the ball a little bit. I know Lamar. Another topic. It's another topic for another day. <laughs> how well he's playing. He's playing awesome. We're, well, we talk about that because we're doing the game Thursday night on Amazon again. If you haven't checked that out, check us out on Thursday night. 
uh, Bucky, Joy Taylor, myself, twitch.tv slash move the sticks. We have a great time. There's a chat that's open during the game. We interact with you guys um, and you don't miss a play. So you see the whole game and see our uh, our analysis and reaction. We do a lot of scouting background stuff. So if you like the pod, you'll you'll love Thursday nights. I know it's uh, it's one of the most fun things we get to do, Buck. It is a lot of fun. And this week's game is a pretty good one. You get the Ravens, the Dolphins. Should be a lot of fun. You get the Ravens, Dolphins. Uh, should I mean, be fun. Yeah, I see how you did that right Dolphins. there. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> um, all right. This has been fun. Appreciate you guys hanging with us. Thanks to Nabil for all the work he does uh, producing this thing each and every week. We'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R.